you will this morning, turn with me to a text. Our text this morning comes from Romans 8, verse 32. It's Romans 8, 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Let us pray. Oh Lord, I pray this morning that indeed you would draw us close to thee, draw us close to the cross. Lord, may we enter that time where your son came and laid down his life for his friends. Lord, I pray that you would be pleased to open up thy word this morning, that you would lead us to thy feet, to lead us to thy mind, to lead us to the depth of thy love for what thou hast done for us all. Oh Lord, may you be pleased this morning to grab our hearts and take them from the things that so clearly beset them in this life and Bring them, Lord, to Thee. Bring them to Thy feet and Thy nurturing love and, and show us the way in Thy Son. May You bring us comfort through Thy Word this morning. And may You give us hope in Thee, a living hope, that we may rest in Thee, O Lord, as You are pleased to bring us there. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We come to this glorious chapter this morning in Romans 8, and I know that you as Bible readers and me as Bible readers, we find a lot of comfort in Romans 8 uh, from the very beginning where we're told that there's no condemnation for, for them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We're told throughout this book we have the resurrection guaranteed for us because of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit that makes intercession for us. We have all of these things. that We have Romans 8, 28 that we all love and hang on to. That in times that we live in, we know that the Lord is working all things uh, for His good and for those who love Him, those who are the called according to His purpose. And, and then Paul, um, in 31, he says, what can we say to these things and those things that were said and the things that were coming next? And and then he lays out five questions, and this morning I want to focus in on this second question. And, and may the Lord bring us to the depth of it to see the great love. Three things to, that stand out to me in this passage. The great love of God to send His Son. The seriousness of sin. And also our assurance. All three of these things found, are found in our text this morning if the Holy Spirit is willing to mine this text for us, M-I-N-E, to bring forth the riches that are in it, to bring forth what Christ has done, to bring forth the, the almighty plan, if you will, of how he saved his people from their sins. This morning, I want to divide this up in two parts, right where it divides. I want to speak the first part of the talk we have today will be on he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all that'll be the first section and then the last will be how shall he not with him also freely give us all things so this morning i want to think and to to focus the first part of this message upon he that spared not his own son but delivered him listen to that may may the holy spirit take that 
He delivered him up for us all. There's not one that Jesus said that he lost. There was not one that he didn't go to the cross and die for that does not have all of these blessings given to them because of him. This is the Son of God, the Son of His love, who obeyed perfectly, who never sinned, but He was spared not. I want you to think of that terminology, not spared. He was spared not. The Bible uses it a lot. In fact, we're told that the Lord spared not the angels that sinned, and He cast them out of heaven. And now they, they reside in the depths of hell and they reside in, in the service of hell itself. And he did not spare the old world. The old world that came and, and, and the sin was so rampant and it, was, it came up before God's eyes and he could bear with it no more. So he preserved eight people in a picture of his son, the ark. But he spared not any of, the, of the, the mankind that was on the face of the earth. He spared them not. He spared not Sodom and Gomorrah. But he rained down fire from heaven and burned it up to a crisp. He spared not Pharaoh. When Pharaoh and all of his army came and, and, and chased after the children of Israel. And all of these have in common sins. Sins, egregious sins against God. And the other thing they have in common is all of them were outside of Christ. Because our text tells us this morning that he spared not his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. And all of those ones that I mentioned at the beginning here that he did not spare are not the us all. But what about some of the us alls? What about David, who was an adulterer and a murderer? He was spared. He was spared because of Christ, because that Christ was delivered up for him. Christ died in his place for those sins. And not only David, but Jacob, who was a scoundrel and a liar and a supplanter that his name signifies. Christ was delivered up for him. And what about Saul who persecuted the church? What about Saul who was consenting unto the death of Stephen as he sat there and he took his last breath and Saul held the coats of those so they could throw the rocks at him even harder and harder? He was spared because God spared not his own son. And we can go on and on. We can mention Mary Magdalene. We can mention Manasseh. We can mention you and I. And all of us are spared because he spared not his only son. His only son, the son of his love. I hope the, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of that and reveals to you now how serious sin is. Why did he spare a remnant? Because of love. Why did he... Why did he do such a thing? Because of the great love and his strict, unwavering justice must be satisfied. And it was satisfied in his son. May the Lord 
take you to the depth to answer that question, how serious is sin to you today? He laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what Isaiah said in 53, 6. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see those two words again? Us all. All that he died for. All that the Father elected. We're all in that boat. We're all in that ark. We're all in the, the safeness of the ark of the Lord Jesus Christ. He laid on him the sins of us all and he delivered him up according to his own counsel and his own foreknowledge. That's what we're told in Acts 2.23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken away and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. This was God's plan of salvation. I want you to consider that this morning when Paul writes, He that spared not his own son. Because what we're going to do now, where we're going to go in a couple minutes, is to look at the crucifixion. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He has made him, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. I want you to keep that in mind. As we go through the crucifixion this morning, I want you to understand that the one who is bearing all of this punishment knew no sin. That's what innocence means. That's what it means that he was the innocent lamb slain before the foundation of the world. A lamb without spot. He knew no sin. That new word means intimately, like you and I know sin. Because it lies in our bosom. It lies in us. And it was imputed to him, our sins, as he stood in our place, us all. Oh, the depth of love. He had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. What a trade. What a trade for you and I. It's very lopsided. His life for righteousness for us. He laid down his life so that we now have his righteousness, his perfect obedience. His obeying to even the death of the cross. That's the depth of what this text says. He spared not his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. What does that say to you? But before we go to the crucifixion, we know that there's victory in Christ. We're coming to that time to celebrate the resurrection of Christ because as the scriptures tell us in Psalm 16:10, thou will not leave my soul in hell. And you're going to see where hell was today. You're going to see the, the fury of hell, the hell and the separation, the hell and the power of God being poured out upon his son. But he did not leave his soul there. 
that soul that was punished for our sin. So without any further delay, let us turn to Matthew 27. In Matthew 27, as in all the Gospels, we have the account of the crucifixion. And I have a purpose in reading this account this morning. And and the first purpose I want you to understand, I want you to focus on what man did to Christ. Because that's the first part. That's what we're told. What man did to Christ. This is what he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for whatever man could do to him. The most wicked and heinous death that they could come up with. I want you to start with me in verse 26. After Pilate, after the sham of a of a court trial, then he released Barabbas unto them. And you know, there's times I read the accounts in the Gospels, and there's times I start to feel a little sorry for Pilate. His wife warmed him, said, "Stay, don't do anything." And Pilate just it, you almost get that sense he didn't want to do anything to Jesus. He kept coming out saying, no, how about I release this one? And they kept saying, no, we want Barabbas. But this verse in 26 takes all that little bit of pity I would have had for him out of, out of, out of anything. I don't have pity for Pilate. Because when he scourged Jesus, he had to have his hand in it. He gave Jesus to be scourged, which means beaten with a whip. So that's the first thing. I want you to keep in focus this morning, as the Holy Spirit is pleased, our text, He spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. As, the Lord, as we read this this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ is taking this beating, this persecution, this ridicule for us all. He scourged Jesus and he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and they gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him. They stripped him of his clothing to, to bring forth shame to him. And they put on him a scarlet robe to mock him as a king, a fake king in their eyes. And when they had platted a crown of thorns that they made, and we have some of those, those Jerusalem thorn trees that, that grow around where we live, and those thorns are, are horrific looking thorns. And those thorns would go into his skull and into his head and, and it would force the blood out. And his whole face was bleeding because he they say they said when they platted, they pushed it down upon his head. He delivered him up for us all. And when they put the crowns upon his head, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, not in obedience, not in awe, but they they mocked him, saying, Hail the King of the Jews. This is God standing in front of them, 
being brought to them and, and mocking him in this way. The one that we're told in the scriptures could call legions of angels to wipe out these people who did this. But he stood in our place. He laid down his life. He was like the lamb without murmuring, without complaining, without mumbling, without sound. they spit on him and they took the reed and they smote him on the head and after that they mocked him they took the robe off of him and they put his own raiment on him and they led him away to crucify him and if we stopped right there we would say what a horrific horrific show of hatred toward Christ and as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. You say, oh, what a merciful act. That wasn't mercy. They didn't want him to die. They wanted him to die on the cross. They wanted to make sure with all the blood loss that he had that somebody came out and helped him with that cross because they wanted to make sure that he was alive when he went to crucifixion. They wouldn't have him pass out there on the street. You must make it to the cross. So they brought somebody out to bear it with him. That ain't mercy. And they compelled, and, 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 and him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. That's how nasty that was. And they crucified him, and they parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and cast my vesture, did they cast lots. All of this, as we said, the determinate counsel, all of this must be fulfilled. Why? Because he spared not his own son, but delivered him up. This is what he delivered him for. In body. We haven't gotten to the bad part yet. And sitting down, they watched him there. And they set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left. And as they passed by, and they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, looking at him and pointing their fingers at him, saying, ah, you are not the Son of God. You're not who you said you were. Mocking him. And saying, thou that destroyed the temple and built it in three days, save thyself. And that said, what, what, that, isn't that what you said you would do? That you would raise it up in three days? Jesus, of course, talking about his body, talking about resurrection, talking about his resurrected body. Oh, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocked him with the scribes and the elders said, He saved others. Oh, he saved others. Himself, he cannot save. Listen to those words. 
They said this to God hanging on the cross. You can't save. And all the time, He's saving His people from their sins. You can't save anyone. And He's saving an entire world of the elect children of God. And it's blind to man. If He be the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. Sad thing is, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. When he came up out of that grave, nobody believed him. The disciples didn't even believe it until faith was given to believe. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. So now the questioning is sonship. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. And now that concludes everything that was done to his body. And listen, I don't ever want to lessen what was done to his body. You just read it with me. I know your, your heart and your gut was wrenching as you read that that your Savior stood in your place and he took that he took that hatred of man and I know it's got it, it, it gets you in the soul but that wasn't the greatest thing see the Bible tells us now in 45 from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land into the ninth hour. Darkness always depicts judgment. This is the time that now Jesus' soul must be dealt with. The soul must be punished. Remember why. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. He delivered him up in bodily and in soul. And that soul and that body bore the wrath of God. And that soul now, which we've already read, was not left in hell. We, we always like to fast forward. Hurry, let's get over with this part. Let's get over with the wrath of God, the burning anger of God being poured out upon the soul of Jesus Christ for our sins. Let's get past that part. That bothers me. It bothers me too. But it also magnifies the greatness of His love and grace to do such a thing. Does it do that to you this morning? Does the Holy Spirit say to you, He stood in your place and He did this out of love and He laid down His life out of love and He suffered the wrath of God for our sins. Remember we read that. He was made sin. This is that time from the sixth to the ninth hour when darkness and everything, you don't hear nothing else from man. Man has done everything they could conceive of to Christ. But now as Jesus is made sin 
for us all, that separation of the Father from Him is taking place. And Jesus' words in the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It is God forsaking God for the church, for you and I. He delivered up his son. That's what our text tells us. That he delivered him up to justice because justice must be satisfied. That's the holy God that we serve. And as deep as his holiness is, is as deep as his love is. Because he didn't leave his son there to participate in that hell of separation, in that fires of hell being poured out upon him for sin. The sacrifice must be consumed. Our God is a consuming fire. That's what our text means this morning. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. John wrote these words in 1 John 2, 2, and he is the propitiation of, the satisfying of justice for the sins of the whole world, us all. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world, is how that reads. 1 John 4.10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is the depth of love. And we all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world, the us all. God loved us all. And we have never given him a reason to love us. Never as his son did. His son who obeyed perfectly. But in Christ in Christ's perfect obedience, in Christ's righteousness, is the reason to love us fallen sinners. Because now we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting That's the us all. That's the world of the elect. Greater love hath no man. That's what John 15, 13 says. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You know who those friends are? Us all. Now after considering the magnitude of what's just been said, as the Holy Spirit takes it to our soul, after considering the magnitude of what Christ did, the magnitude of the Father's love to send His only begotten Son to die for His church, His elect people.
All of you know my oldest daughter has problems with God. I think you all know that by now. And her biggest problem is she believes that the father was mean and the son was the one who loved everyone. Our text this morning puts anything like that down. He spared not his own son. And he delivered him up for us all. He delivered his son up for his elect children. I have sons. I could tell you now I would never deliver up my sons for nothing. For nothing. For no one. Unless I had that faith that the Son of God had. It would have to be imputed to me. Then we come to the second part of our text. How shall he not with him also freely? Now, now after, like I said, consider the magnitude of what's been said. Then listen to the question Paul asks. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now the question comes. How? How shall he, that's the father, how shall he not with him? That's the Son. Also freely give us all things because He has given all things to His Son. He has put them all in the Son's hands and that's out of His love for the church. His triumphant reigning Son now who has defeated death, who has defeated Satan, who has took our sins away as far as the east is from the west. Who we will never deal with those sins because He's dealt with them. This is the victorious Christ. How? Paul wants to know, how shall the Father and the Son not freely give us all things after the Father freely gave us His Son? But oh, what a price. Matthew eleven twenty seven, I think that's 11, says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, this is Jesus speaking. And no man knows the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. That tells us how we'll know what those things are, how we'll know peace, how we'll know love, how we'll know faith. See, no one knows the Father, no man knows the Son, unless the Son of God reveals it his spirit. It's perfect trinity. All things have been delivered into his hands. That's what Jesus said. John 3.35 says, The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. That's our Joshua. Our Joseph. He's a both. It's our Joseph who's opening the storehouses. How can he not freely give us all? Romans 11.36 says, For of him, Christ, and through him, Christ, and to him, Christ, are all things. That means they're his. That means they come through him like conduit. 
They come through as he has sovereignly bestows all things to his children. All things needed. Whether we know them or not. All that he has stored in himself. All the love, the faith, the peace, the mercy. Those are the things, the comfort, the healings. It's in him and him alone. To whom be glory forever. Amen. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's resurrection life. That's what Christ is to his people. How shall he not with him also freely give us all? I'd be foolish if I sat down and tried to tell you what all those things are. But I tell you what, anything that's good for your soul has come through one place, and that's the Son of God. Turn with me over to Isaiah 55. Let's look at the beginning of Isaiah 55. This is to accentuate the point of freely giving us all things. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. Where did that thirst come from? You and I are made willing in the day of His power. You and I are stripped of all the things that we rely on. We're stripped of our health. We're stripped of our, our righteousness. We're stripped of our knowledge. We're stripped of, and, we're, and He's made unto us those things. But there's no thirst without the stripping. There's no thirst without Christ breaking down. We just go along day after day in our own knowledge and our own righteousness and our own wisdom. And that's not good. <coughs> we become more and le less and less needy and more and more independent until Christ comes. And he reveals to us what he has shown us today in the word, his crucifixion. He reveals to us the cross. He reveals to us the empty tomb. He reveals to us that He's ascended and reigning on high. Everyone that thirsteth come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, that's the ones who are emptied, as I just said, emptied, destitute, come buy and eat. The word buy there means sue or ask for. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. He immediately tells us there's no merit. There's nothing you can bring. That's what Top Lady said. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. I hope that's our testimony too. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? It's an indictment. Why do you go around... <laughs> Worried about so many things in this life that are only can only feed the flesh. Why is that so take up so much of your time and your concern? Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Our soul. See, 
Isaiah's keyed in on the part of us that communes with the Lord, the soul. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live when we hear his voice. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I shall give you rest. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the world. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. Freely. Freely. Freely given. Nothing we have to do or can do. Our final stop this morning will be in Hebrews 1. As we speak about and leave you with the thought. This is the thought I wanted to leave you with today. With our reigning Lord. That's what that says to me. That, 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 that gives me assurance. That last part. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And I say, well, when the Lord let, lets me enter into that passage, there's such sweet rest there. My Lord gives me all things. He secured all things. Hebrews 1 says, God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. It's true. You look in the Old Testament, you'll see the prophets. We just read one. Isaiah spoke of Christ. Jeremiah spoke of Christ. Moses spoke of Christ. David spoke of Christ. But now in these last days, as it's been said many times, we are in those last days. We are in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Until the Son says there's no more. He is still speaking these things whom He has appointed heir of all things. That's that all things. Who has freely gives us all things. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Whom He hath appointed heir of all things. By whom also He made the worlds. Who? Christ being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. This is our reigning Lord who is upholding all things by the word of his power. Now take that verse and apply it to our verse this morning. Freely give us all things and understand when the Holy Spirit says he is upholding all things by the word of his power. And that word never returns unto him void. And that word where the word of a king is, there is power. This is the Lord Jesus Christ who spoke the worlds into existence. He speaks today the power that is needed to our soul. Have faith, Sean. Have peace, Sean. That's when the sheep lies down, when they hear the voice of the shepherd. We're made willing in the day of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, and we talked a lot about that this morning. He purged our sins by taking them on himself. Sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the picture I wanted to leave you with this morning. A reigning Christ. 
Because that's what this verse, that's what our text says to me. He that spared not his own son. We saw he didn't spare him. He didn't spare him one iota of mercy. Not one. He couldn't. Sin, justice must be satisfied. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. May the Lord add His power. Dear Heavenly Father, add Thy power and Thy clarity for Thy glory and for Thy name's sake. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.